Welcome to Screen Masters with me, Bab. Me, Fluff. And today we are going to be continuing our journey through the Expanse. Uh, we, yeah, the last episode ran a bit longer than we expected, so we didn't want to condense everything down and not do it justice. So today, after I think we'll go through some bits and pieces we've been watching, maybe, sure. and then um, we will move on to seasons three and four of the Expanse and, uh, like I say, finish our journey through that. Um, so yes, it's been a while again. Uh, slightly longer than it normally is, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and over here in the UK, we are currently in storm season, because apparently we have a storm season now, and we name them all like, like the Americans do. Um, so it's it's a bit stormy out there. Storm Dennis, at the minute, if yeah, you're Dennis. listening to this. It's Dennis, yes. Okay. It was Kara. Ki Kiara. Well, I would have said Kiara. It's a bit they didn't Kiara. say Kiara. They were saying Kyra or something Ky like that. Ky it was weird. But anyway, off the back of this, I would like to turn today to the words... Of Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, okay. Jimi Hendrix. No problem. And he says, well, I just came back today. I just came back from the storm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Hendrix. I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's fine. You may not like the one for the second episode, but we'll deal with that one again. Okay. Oh, that's... So. <laughs> housekeeping. Indeed. Let's do the housekeeping. Thank you very much. Where's my housekeeping page? There's my housekeeping page. So, as always, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> let's do the admin. Uh, you can find us on YouTube and on your podcast medium of choice. Um, you can get all the links and information you need at facebook.com forward slash The Screen Masters, which has links to the Facebook page, the Patreon, to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, I can't think of any others right now. There may be more. Um, if uh, Obviously, the YouTube, we would love if you could go over. Um, the link is bit.ly forward slash byteBackYT. That's bit.ly forward slash bitebackyt. I'll get better at these. These sure. are new ones I've just created. Sure. Sorry, I'm <laughs> fluffing over them at the minute. Um, that Sorry, will take you straight. You're watching? Uh, I'm fluffing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm fluffing the line, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can go over there and you can get to the YouTube channel and you can leave us a subscribe if you would like. You can watch the video versions of this podcast. Uh, again, we have another change of scenery. We're, we're slowly improving things. We have a lovely little desk here, mm -hmm. and our posters behind us, and our shelf. And uh, we will bring some more movie-related stuff for the shelf next time. Yeah, we, I don't uh, think either of us... Really we weren't aware of it this time, so we will Rangers, make uh, sure. Yeah, none of the Power Rangers no, or the wrestling figures no, are mine, actually. No. Um, so, we will bring some cool stuff next time. So, keep watching this bit if you're watching the YouTube version. Um, it, it should keep changing, and there might be some fun stuff. Um, if you want to support us more directly, you can go to our Patreon, which is bit.ly forward slash Patreon. That's bit.ly forward slash Patreon. And obviously, as always, the byte is a computer byte, not a food byte. Think that's everything? The subscriptions no, no. are what? What was it? Two, oh. seven, and twenty dollars? Yeah. No, 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 no! With tiers of one, ten, and fifteen dollars. Um, head over there and do that if you would like to. <laughs> if not, please just go and do the YouTube thing. That route would really help to support us. And Wayne, I apologise for what's just happened. Um, <laughs> so <I'm going>. let's <laughs> let's move into one, one more point. Oh, of course. Let's not move right. into what we've been watching now. 
on the 29th of February, as, as you're listening to this, it should be before that date, I think, because this is supposed to go out next week. So, on the 29th <laughs> of February, on, I believe it's the Facebook channel, or it might be the YouTube channel, but have a look, uh, Biteback Media will be doing a 24-hour uh, live stream uh, to uh, raise money for the, for, the, um, for the studio and for the network itself. Um, if you can log in and join us and you know tune in and see see what's going on, please do. Um, all the watch the social medias and that and the uh, the posts will be going up. Uh, it will be through Byteback, not through the Screen Masters, because Byteback is, is you know it's the whole network thing. It's not just us that that would be doing it. Um, but yes, 29th of February. Have a look out for that 24-hour live stream. Uh, if you can join us, that would be great. Is that it? Yeah. yeah that's, cool. That's okay. It. Now I'm done with my admin. So. <laughs> How have you been? What have you been watching? I've been on, well, yeah, <clears throat> thankfully my voice is back. Yes, thankfully and I feel mine starting to go. Yeah, but, but there we we, go. we've got that good crossover point. Exactly, which is, yeah. Which is fine. Um, I'm just coming down with it, you're just recovering, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but I've watched a lot, have you? I've, I've watched a bit, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I haven't watched half as much as you, because I've been playing more Atlas, but you know. Atlas is a PC Steam game that we both like to play anyway. But. Yeah. Um, but no, well, I needed to get, it was the Oscars, you know, as soon as you suddenly hear some of these, you're like, okay, yeah, I need to make sure that I get the time yeah. to, to watch them, even if they all talk bollocks when they accept the rewards. Um, so. So how many Oscar contenders have you got on that list? Well, <laughs> three. I see that two. Was, no. Why was, what was that nominated for? Best screenplay. What, Jojo? No, Jojo won Best Screenplay. Did it? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Oh, fair enough. Sorry, I haven't caught up on the Oscars. I know Parasite won, but that's about all. Yeah, no, Jojo Rabbit won Best uh, Adapted Screenplay. Oh, uh, fair enough. So, yeah. Well, 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 well there we go. So I've watched Jojo Rabbit. For those <laughs> so of you did in there. Yeah, uh, so let's, let's discuss Sorry, Jojo on. Rabbit then. Go on, then. Uh, I love this. Oh, okay. I really, really love this. Now, I know that uh, this has been a bit... A few people have liked it, a few people haven't. Mm. Those people that seem to have enjoyed it, similar to myself, have really enjoyed it, and those people who haven't enjoyed it have just kind of gone, meh, it's not for me. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not quite as polarising as I thought it would no. be. It seems to be that if you're not on board with it, you're just a bit not on board with it. Yeah. Not hating of it, you know? Um, but yeah, those that do seem to like it do seem to have a very, you know, uh, it seems to invoke a very... Strong reaction. That's, that's yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought the performances all round by all of the cast were absolutely fantastic. Uh, even I, I hate to say, it, even Rebel Wilson actually got a, a, a chuckle out of me on many occasions throughout the film. It, it, she's completely ridiculous in most things that I've seen her in, mm -hmm. and I never find her entertaining. But shit, I found her entertaining in this. I will will admit that. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's just fantastic in it. This is one of those films where I forget she's a good actress, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. We see her in so many action-y things and this, that, yeah, and the other. Black Widow, she's good as yeah. Black Widow, but it's, it's Black Widow, isn't it? It's not a hugely challenging role for her, I don't no. think, all the time, is it? No. There's not always the depth it needs within the films and things. But then again, she did stuff like Under the Skin, which mm -hmm. was, oh, it was an incredible little film, and, and she was so good in that. So, I, I don't know. I've always thought she was a pretty darn good actress, to be honest, but... I know that a lot of mainstream may not because of mm -hmm. the mainstream work she does. Well, I mean, she was nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. So the fact that she's up for two awards, mm -hmm. yeah, okay, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe give her a bit more kudos. Than, than, uh, but I love this film. Absolutely love this film. I don't know. How about yourself? 
Oh, okay. I'm not. not okay, let me read what I've written, right? Okay. So the first scene starts, okay, and I don't think I'm giving away any spoilers here to, to describe the first scene, but the first scene is a little boy, Jojo, talking to Hitler mm -hmm. as if it's some sort of. Uh, as if he's his dad almost. He's imaginary Hitler's friend. His dad. He's his imaginary friend. I, but I didn't get that at all for the first um, scene. For all I knew, because I knew nothing really about the film, I didn't want to know what the plot was even really. Okay. I just sort of wanted to go into it a bit blind. For that entire first scene, I thought I was about to watch the film, a film about Hitler's son mm -hmm. training to be a Nazi. Oh, okay. Because I thought that was his dad and that was his son. Okay. Because there wasn't. It's not until the second time you see him that you get the that you go. Oh, it's it's in his head. Uh, okay. Sort of from the second time you see him, it becomes very clear that it's in his head. But I certainly didn't get that. Maybe it's just me. But from the first scene, I didn't get it. When the first scene finished, I turned to the good lady teacher and doors and went, "I'm not sure. I think I've got to turn this off." Oh. Because I was like, I can't. I'm not on board with this. Okay. Because seeing Hitler doing the rah rah speech with his son, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, go, go," I was like, I'm not on board with this. But when it then became clearer that the Hitler character was a figment of Jojo's imagination and Jojo's interpretation of him, I settled down a lot more because I was like, oh, right, okay, so you're not actually saying that Hitler was like this because that's what I found quite upsetting that you would think that you would portray Hitler as that sort of character, as a, a, almost a loving father, a nurturing father, which maybe he should be portrayed like that in fairness. I don't know, but I, I wasn't on board with it. When I realised it was a figment of the imagination, I, I did settle down with it quite a lot. I, it's either an incredible, impactful, important piece of cinema, mm. or it's a meandering, unfocused, tonally jarring mess. Okay. And I really, two days removed from watching it, I couldn't tell you where I sit on the fence, to okay. be honest. Because I can see it from both sides. I think some of the stuff he's doing in there is absolutely cut me to the core, mm -hmm. got me on all the feels and was tugging at all the heartstrings. But then I did feel that some of the moments, the, the moments of comedy that he put in there were jarring to me at times. Now whether they're supposed to be or not, I don't know, but it, all it did was serve to bring me out of the experience when that jar happened. And it didn't happen a lot, admittedly, as the film went on. The first scene is certainly, for me, was the worst culprit of it. Um, but it did... Yeah, I, 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 I'm still not sure. I think some of what he's done in there is incredible, but then part of me thinks, well, if that's the point you were trying to make, why didn't you play it straight so that it was respected and that it got seen by far more eyes or far more, you know, people that you were trying to make the point to would watch it. Mm. Being a comedy, people can treat it as, you know, people can dismiss it. Because it's a comedy. Uh, so I, mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't class it as a straight-up comedy. No, it isn't a straight-up comedy. Uh, and so. that's the thing. I think the humour uh, in certain places fits the tone as it should in certain places. Mm -hmm. uh, the seriousness is impacted in, in the right places. Mm -hmm. The playful uh, creation of letters from the, the guy's... Yeah. Uh, sorry, the girl's boyfriend is, is meant in jest but at the same time acts as a, a serious impact. Mm. Again, the performances of other characters uh, within it. Ah, damn it, the Don't uh, worry, I've actors... Don't written down. So okay, uh, we'll get there in a minute. Okay, who's the actor that you know I'm probably thinking of straight away here? Jojo. 
No, not Jojo. Uh, the, the the captain. Uh, oh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Thank you very much. That's been with his, me for uh, the, the, I'll be sitting there going, damn it. Sam Rockwell Sam is Rockwell. absolutely He's amazing, phenomenal in this. In both the comedic points yeah. and the serious Well, there's points. that bit where he first meets the mum, and the mum walks in and kicks him in oh, the yeah. bollocks, and yeah. he's just on the floor going, yeah, yeah, that's fine, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, there's also... Um, and then when he goes on to help, potentially help the cause later yeah. on, and... Uh, the big bit at the end with the um, his outfit, because mm -hmm. you see he's designed his own outfit, and it's basically a big, a big pride celebration outfit, yeah, because, basically. And then suddenly, at one point, there appears to be a, a closeness. Now, it's certainly hinted at by me that there's a closeness between him and Alfie Allen. Oh, I character. think that's there. Yeah, because there's that bit that... in the seat where they sort of stop and look at each other. Yeah, for a, just very far. A few beats too yeah, long. Yeah, exactly. And it goes on. And then when you see them at the end, and they're both in the big outlandish regalia. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Um, um, but no, I mean, for me, the the film served its purposing in the right places. Again, um, whether this is the, the film for me or for, for you, I think it certainly found an audience oh, uh, with, with the history of, uh, you know, na uh, sorry, Jews within that Nazi regime mm. and what happened to Germans who were Jewish and, and things like that. I think the people who impact that aspect of it, I think they're going to find the, the, mm. the, the representation there well done. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't say, yeah, I, I think it does. It, uh, that's the thing. I do think it treats everything fairly and balances all the arguments and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, Sam Rockwell was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, Stephen Merchant as the Gestapo. I, I, he just looks exactly as I would imagine a Gestapo officer to look. Just the, the Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler. You know that's going to get clipped and use some. Um, <laughs> Uh, and funnily enough, Rebel Wilson was okay. I'm yes, not, I know. I I'm could, not normally yeah. a fan. No, and neither was I. Yeah. Do you know, she's just, she comes out with the line, oh yes, I've had 18 children, no problem. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, okay, just, yeah, th yeah throwaway line, but hilarious. Scarlett Johansson was good, but the biggest plaudits for me oh, two go actors. to Roman Griffin, yeah, yeah. who's uh, Jojo and Thomasin McKenzie. Oh, sorry, Roman Griffin Davis, his name was on the second line, so I didn't quite get it. Uh, and Thomas and McKenzie, who is the oh, what was her name? I can't even think of her name now because he ends up she ends up being called his sister's name. Yeah. Anyway, the the Jew who's living in the side, um, and they're they're incredible young stars. She was yeah. in uh, the King that you yes, discussed the other way as the Queen of Denmark. Yes. And Roman Griffin Davis, his first acting credit. What? Yeah. Do you know how old the boy is? Eleven. Twelve. Twelve. There you go. Twelve. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking twelve, and he yeah, can act yeah. that well. There you go. Jesus Christ. But this is it. You see some stars like this, and then you star. see the the trajectory of where he could end up. But mm. we've also seen Charles stars who've ended up doing an absolute shit after you know, yeah, well, yeah. Of acclaim. Yeah, so we'll see. For every Macaulay Culkin, yeah. there's a Haley Joel Osment. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, those two, I mean, they're the core of it when you get into it. Because that's the other thing I think we, uh, both me and the um, good lady teacher struggled with, was, was knowing where we were going. Because mm -hmm. it sort of, it starts and we're going into the Hitler Youth Camp and we were like, oh, okay, so we're going to do this. And then after 10 minutes that comes to a stop and then we, re, we jig off somewhere else again and now the story threads over here. And then it takes sort of half an hour-ish, I think, really, before it boils down to what we're actually doing. And that's what I mean by the unfocusedness. You, know, you could see it from that point of view sure. because it is over here and then over there and over there. And really, the plot is six months in the life of Jojo. 
Uh, I wouldn't. I don't know whether it'd be six months. I oh, think, but, but, but yeah, 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 yeah. It's more of a. It's more of this person's story sure. of their life at that point yeah. than it is a. We've got to go over here and pick up that and do that and do this. Yeah, I mean, what it's, I mean? it's From, also uh, getting to the the final stages of the war as well, exactly. which again I think is a huge. Uh, impactful point within yeah, it, which absolutely. is why Scarlett Johansson's character is the way she is absolutely. and things like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, as most of the films that I've been able to watch this week, that's the one that kind of really was was kind of top at top of my list. It stuck personally. with me yeah. a lot. I, I will agree that, like, say, because I, I have the the only nitpicky issues I have with it is Tyker's written dialogue in there. It was Tyker the writer, wasn't it? Yeah. Tyker Waititi. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's based on a He's book, but he's done the adapted screenplay. There's modern dialogue in there that wouldn't have existed in 45. Mm. Now, if Hitler was saying that modern dialogue, I'd let it go because he's a figment of the imagination, but it's the child that says it. Mm. And the, the, particularly, there's one line I wrote down, I'm massively into swastikas. stickers, he says. Mm. Well, a 12-year-old kid in 2020 would say that. A 12-year-old kid in 1945 wouldn't. Because mm. massively, and even massively into... It, that they weren't phrases that existed mm. in the common lexicon, and again, all it did was just pull me out of it for a second, mm. and maybe go, "Oh yeah, I'm not in 1945, am I? I'm actually in 2020 watching a film based back then." And I just feel, just don't do that with the dialogue. You know, just make it. That you don't have to say, "I'm massively into swastikas," like that. What would a child of that day and age have said if they were a fan of something or if they were very much into something? You know. Um, I'd just rather have used different dialogue. And also, I wonder about the accents. I think the accents go a bit... Uh, yeah, from some yeah. people at times. Because, like, Rebel Wilson sounds South African at points. Sure. And Rockwell kind of goes in and out a bit. And, they, uh, you know, it's that thing we've discussed before with things like Death, in, Death of Stalin, uh, Chernobyl. They just went, no, we're not doing accents. You use your natural accent, and it's just based in Russia, and that's it. So I, I, you know, that I wonder whether I might have been happy with it if they did that. But sure. yeah, okay. that's that's a nitpick anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, next. Uh, so another. I'm gonna, I'll mention I'll mention another couple very quickly because I've got one more that I've got one that I'll mention quickly. But yeah. go on. Uh, so Knives Out, which I know seen you've that. seen previously. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed it. Didn't have high expectations for it. Um, oddly enough, I'd heard very good things about it, but. I was a bit dubious. Um, Daniel Craig. I'm not. I'm, I will go on record as saying I'm not a huge Daniel Craig fan. But his Southern drawl, oh my, oh, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Uh, it I mean, brilliant. it's what fantastic. Yeah. And he's having such fun with that. He really is. is. He really is. He's having fun with the film. Yeah. I think yeah. after you know doing Bonds and run around like a lunatic to be able to do something like that, mm. I think it's probably a bit, bit more fun. pensive, a bit more laid back, and a bit more intelligent. Yeah, you might say. Uh, Anna de Armos, I think her name is, is uh, is fantastic. I've seen her in a couple of other things. She was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine mm-hmm. as the uh, AI in that. I okay. thought she was very very good in this, playing up that role of you know she doesn't really know what the fuck is going to happen to her. I thought that was very very good. The other actors actresses involved very enjoyable. Chris Evans clearly relished oh, not yeah. playing a uh, a. a Clean cut individual for a change, which yeah. was which was quite good. Yeah, he had some shades of grey to him, which was nice. He did. Uh, so that was really enjoyable. Um, the two popes, which I know you're not going to watch because. Uh, you know what? It's actually. It, I Is will. It? I will okay. because the the good lady teacher keeps asking. 
Fair play. So I've said, okay, all right. Yeah. But it's one of those ones where we need to, you know, I'm not going to watch it on a Saturday night when I just want to turn sure. my brain off and watch Die Hard. You know sure. what I mean? Sure, yeah, okay. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You need to be in a little bit of the no, mood. No, 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 no. And yeah. we were both in the mood this weekend, not for that. Um, we were both in the mood to watch something a bit more intense mm -hmm. and a bit more thinky. Mm -hmm. um, that's why we went with Jojo. Because we knew that that was probably, because of the subject matter, yeah. we knew it was going to challenge us a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I know you're not a, a big religious person, so... Uh, I, oh, no, it was, it, I wondered whether that would hinder your... Oh, no, but I'm still fascinated by it. Yeah, I mean, I'd like I find, it, I, mean, I, I find it, even though I'm not religious, I find religion absolutely yeah. fascinating. Uh, the performances by Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price mm. are absolutely phenomenal. Jonathan Price certainly earned uh, the uh, nomination for... for Supporting actor, and he's, he's he's absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Uh, again, as somebody who was raised, you know, Irish Catholic, I know a little bit more about the mm. church and things like that. So uh, this was not as religiousy as as I thought it was going to be, but it's nevertheless still enjoyable. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I haven't watched that yet. Um, which uh, the I mean, is the last it's... one left a sour taste in your mouth, which I, is why I've not watched this one yet. All I will say is that if you're a fan of Kevin Smith's. Especially the view ask you stuff, you know the the jersey, whatever the hell they called it, quadrology or whatever. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, watch it. You will find enjoyment in places. Don't get me wrong. I was a bit like, I will say that uh, we're, we're now at an age with HD. Some of them do not look good on HD. They have not aged gracefully. Jason Mewes in particular, but we all yeah. know that he's had he's had some issues. he's had some issues with drugs and things like that. This is, I think, a love letter uh, for Jason Mewes getting clean. Uh, you know, his young daughter appears in there as well, uh, which is which is quite cool. The fact that the main actress in this is actually Kevin Smith's daughter, who does a fucking phenomenal performance, I must say. So I was very impressed by that. Uh, I'll say no more because I know you do want to watch it. Um, and the only other thing is is to mention Picard, but you've not you're probably not. Up I've to only it. watched two episodes so, so far. We can't sorry. talk about it. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. Really, time. really want to talk about that, but can't. Well, again, we were going to watch Picard yesterday, and then actually we watched JoJo instead. So. Oh well, you know that's fine. <sighs> How about yourself? Anything more? Uh, I was only going to mention 1917. Ah, I've seen that um, since we last met, and by holy fuck, mm. that film is just something else. Mm. It truly is. I've I've never seen anything on because it's like you start out or, or, or I did anyway. Be, maybe just being a critic and being more you know because you did film at thing and I mm. lived with a lot of film guys at uni, so we're into that sort of thing and we look at those sort of technicalities and the editing and the shot choice and that sort of stuff and we pick that thing out a bit more. And I spent about the first half an hour looking for the cuts because it's it's done as one long continuous shot there with no edits is how it appears in reality they shot it in about 10 11 12 minute blocks mm. and then found the edit points and in the first half an hour i think i identified one white white cut mm. where, because a, a piece of wood passes in front of the screen as they're crawling and i was like ah there's a white cut you've done a white cut there i know that but i couldn't see anything else mm -hmm. but then after the first half an hour i realized well, don't stop and, analyzing but it, i didn't yeah, yeah. need to do that yeah, because yeah. the film by that point has had hooked me mm. and was pulling me along so i didn't actively have to go i just stopped looking i just stopped and just started enjoying the, the work but then every now and then there are shots and you you find yourself just coming out for a second and going wow that's incredible mm. how did they do that there's a bit where they go around a crater and the camera because again it's the camera's just moving all the time with them the camera doesn't really stop very much mm. 
And the camera, they're, they're going around the edge of a crater like that, around the edge, sorry for audio listeners. They're going around the periphery of a crater and the camera seems to just pass straight over the middle of the crater that's full of water. Mm. And the water doesn't move. Mm. And like, I know that there'll be technical ways, but in my head I was going, how have you managed to stop the water <laughs> rippling as the camera's going across? Mm -hmm. That's really clever. But, and, and that's what I took away from it on the technical aspect is, I, I couldn't have made that film, fuck no. Yeah. Because I don't even know how you go about putting it together in your head, knowing that you're going to have every shot following on from the next with no clear edits. Yeah. I, wow. Um, and the final sequence is incredible. Um, but the story, the plot, the characters, they all just drag you in. Mm. Everything is fabulous about it. There's no one element of it that I could pick out. Because like I say, on a technical level, it's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. On a plot level, yeah, I've seen stuff like it, but the plot is really good. And it's really simple. And then it's driven by excellent, well-rounded characters who you identify with or sympathise with. Um, i just throw some names out. Um, the main two lads in it are George Mackay and, ah, I've just realised I've written Tom, Tom and Baratheon. That's not his name, is it? No, that's the character he but played in that's Game, of in Game of Thrones. Jesus Christ. You can't even distinguish between an actor and a character. <laughs> you know what, what the, the thing is? Do you call yourself? You know what the thing is? I watched the whole film and was like, shit, I know that guy. What's he from? And it's because he's got his natural hair colour in it, so he's got dark black hair. I also believe he's his to face that I can recognise. I believe he's popped up in the King as well, yeah. Um, apologies, I need to look his name up. But oh, yes, yeah, so I've got him dead as Tom and Baratheon. But then you've got people like uh, Mark Strong, who gets introduced from the uh, by his boot. You see his boots first, and you hear the voice, and you see the boots, and you go, oh, that's Mark Strong. It's brilliant. Mm. Um, Andrew Scott is in there as well, uh, right at the beginning. And look, I've done it again. I've written Doctor Strange. But I know who Doctor Strange is now. So um, Benedict Cumberbatch is in it too. What is... The, what, what, what are the, what I don't know. It must list? have been late at night when I was making these notes of people, and I've just written down you the wrong thing. You can't put the fictional characters down. No, that I know. doesn't work. Or if I do, I need to go and look them up. But yeah, all those... <laughs> Top line guys yeah. are in it for five minutes, mm. no, no more really, and they don't come back again. They're mm. sort of little cameos dotted throughout, and then these two young lads are the ones we're with the whole way through. So they're driving everything, mm. and and yeah, I think they're fantastic, and yeah, I think the film is an absolute masterpiece. I really do. Yeah, it's in, not in, in ev on every level. I think it's, <coughs> it's not one I've sadly been able to get to the cinema yet. To yeah, watch, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that it will still be. Uh, I think it's it's still be out at this point. I'm yeah. hoping, I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. Okay then, shall we go for some expansing then? Sure, let's continue our voyage through the expanse. Indeed, where's my notes? There we are. So, I had a couple of extra notes based on the last episode. Sure. Yeah, look, casino, bollocks. That'll become relevant later. Um, so, the expanse. Now, in the previous episode, we did not credit the guy who plays Ashford. Sure. So I've written his name down. Sure. In, so we can do it. So I apologise to you personally, Mr. David. I don't know. Is that Strathern? Strathern or Strathern? Strathern. Uh, Strathern. Strathern. Hi, David Strathern. You're not listening, but sorry, bud. You're amazing, and now you're getting the credit you're due. <laughs> um, so yes, I know I've got another little note, but that comes relevant later on. So. Okay. I am all good to go. So, where did we leave off at the end of Season 2, my good off? friend? Where did, where did we, leave, we off? leave off? Okay, right, so, the end of Season 2. Uh, we've now... We're part of the way through the search for May. Um, we've 
killed a hybrid, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and basically Abbas Rala, uh, Bobby and Cortez are, are stuck on a ship with Jules Pierre and he kind of wants to kill them. That's kind of where we left off cool. at, the, at the end of the season. Okay. Uh, so, season three, right, so let's, let's quickly get through this because there's a lot to get through for these two seasons. I, again... Yeah, I think uh, we've both got quite a few notes. Yeah, I mean, the, especially season three because it is split in two halves yeah. uh, again. It's definitely so. a game two halves, that one. It is very halves. much so. Uh, so we've got, as I say, the search for May is continuing. Right, so we've got Bobby and Abba Sarala who were stuck on the ship with Cortez, and, and what do they do to get out? So again, Bobby, being the Marine that she is, goes up through the bowels of the ship and blah, 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 and gets them off. Cortez has been shot, so he's he's now injured at this point, which kind of sucks, but again, there's this brilliant moment where he passes out, and Abbasarala basically just jabs him into his wound to wake him back up, and it's just that, he just, yeah, it's just like jarred awake, and he's like, yeah, okay, thanks very much. Like, yeah, she's just like, you're not passing out on me. The yeah. fuck do you think you are? <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, again, uh, her just shooting the gun as well, a little bit yeah. later on at Bobby, because she thinks it's somebody coming in. So like, she misses every single shot, yeah. but it's like, yeah, you, you tried at least. Yeah. Um, so they make their way to another ship, which is, which is there, called the Razorback. Mm -hmm. Which, now the Razorback, again, you may not recall this, only because I've read the books. The Razorback is actually Julie Mao's ship. Yes, I think they explain that a little they bit do. afterwards, don't they? Yes, so it's, it's something that she keeps talking about at point in, in season one. She's oh. talking about the Razorback and how she has to fly the Razorback. This is her ship. So, this is Julie uh, Mao's ship, which becomes a little bit more prevalent a little bit later. Of course. So... As we're going on, um, the guys are, are off on, on their journey now and they've decided they're not going to abandon Prax, they're not going to abandon the search for May. Holden acknowledges that he, he wasn't doing this for the right reasons, he wasn't helping Prax for the right reasons, but he will now. Which kind of rubs Naomi the wrong way because yeah. it's then revealed at the end of second season, which we didn't bring up, that she'd given their sample of the proto-molecule to Fred Johnson. Exactly. Which rubs the rest of the Rossi crew very much the wrong way. They all believe in what Holden does and that they want to help Prax. They've made a promise to help him find his daughter and that's what they're going to do. So at the same time as they're on their journey, all this shit with Aposarala is kicking off. Now again, I'm not going to go too much into the intricacies of this because I do want everybody to watch yeah, this absolutely. show. Watch the show, Amazon Prime. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. Um, I've got to give him at least a plug an episode. I know, that's fine. Back. That's fine. Um, so as it, as it comes about, Abbasarala and Bobby on the Razorback intersect with the crew of the Rossi. Mm. Which is something, again, at this point I'd read the books, knowing that that eventual meeting was going to happen, Abbasarala finally meeting James Holden and the crew of the Rossi. There's a whole spin about how that happens and they're defending them and blah blah blah. It's just brilliant. They finally, they recognise the severity of what's going on because they're like, hang on a minute, the, this, this ship that's in trouble is the Razorback. Mm. Wait, that belonged to Julie Mao. They know the long history of this, so it becomes ever more prevalent. This just becomes a brilliant point because, again, Abbasarala suddenly becomes a temporary member of the Rossi crew. Again, as we talked about with the gravity boots, she gets a little bit of a lesson on how to mm -hmm. use gravity boots and stuff yep. like that. Again, just reinforcing that as somebody who is born down the well, as they like to call it. Yep. Um, so that carries on. The Mars and Earth ramping up of the conspiracies carrying on everything is beginning to unravel 
there are so many little elements going on around the system now. We've got an admiral now on taking charge of, of the you know the flagship of the Earth mm -hmm. military because guess what? He's part of the conspiracy and he's going to go and collect these proto molecule soldiers uh, or the hybrid, as you yeah. correctly uh, labelled them last time. At the same time as this is going on, there you know the, the crew of the Rossi, much to Abbasarala's annoyance, is still on their plan to go and rescue May. Mm which is absolutely right and fitting yeah. as to what they need to do. So that's where they head and that's what the, the, that's what the next stage is. As you explained in the last one, we also see Jules-Pierre Mao developing these hybrid soldiers and the, the intricacies of the CGI mm. and how they're developing that is just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we, we touched on it last time, didn't yeah. we were saying about how good the, the CG was. Um, let's have a look. Can he, I'm not sure he's gonna be able to put anything just here. So we couldn't have a, a little image. Sorry to audio listeners, I'm waving my hand about and looking at the monitor. Maybe you can put them down here on this bit. I could be poking heads. Like that could be me poking a hybrid's head. I don't know. We'll see. Okay, that's you can fine. have some fun with that. Wait, wait, I'll have yeah, a bit of fun with the that. The CG <laughs> is very, it's very good. because again, at this stage, season three, it was still sci-fi produced, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And again, yeah. the thing I realised we didn't say last time. My point of saying it was sci-fi produced was to make a comparison between that and Stargate, mm -hmm. which produced all of the seasons, sci-fi produced all of the seasons of Stargate. That's correct, yeah. And again, that looked like a TV show. Yeah. Inside out and backwards. It yeah. didn't look like, you know, cinematic like a lot of TV shows do in the modern day. Even Atlantis, the, the no, what was the late one? I called it SGB for Stargate, Stargate Boring. Stargate Universe. Thank you, that was it. Oh, Robert Carlyle, what a waste. Yes, oh, well, we, God. we'll touch on Stargate at some oh, point in the future, I fear. What a waste. Yes, but never mind. Anyway, yes, that was, they totally changed it up for that one and they went very much more cinematic. I actually think they borrowed a bit off Battlestar Galactica, didn't they? Yes, they did. Which in itself borrowed off 24, really? With that sort of quick cut zoom in and out. Yeah. You know, keeping it dynamic. 24 was a big fan of that in the early days. Um, I don't know what the point of this was. <laughs> you were talking about the CGI. Just got lost. But yeah, the CGI is good. We know that. Carry <laughs> um, <laughs> on. Bring us back on track. <laughs> That's fine. So, the story, as we were discussing <laughs> it, uh, Mr. Bath, is uh, so they go to uh, a certain location to find May. Yeah. They also realise at this point, okay, we're screwed because there are a, a shit ton of these hybrid soldiers there. Yeah. Which becomes part of the point for Bobby as well point of revenge, mm. a point of finally getting one up against one of these hybrids as well. So again, she's now in her full exoskeleton armour, being the badass that Bobby Draper is, yeah. which is just brilliant because that's it. She, you know, they get in there and she, she just, that's it. I'll take this on. You go rescue the kids. I'll, I'll deal with this. And that is just wonderful because it's so fitting with the character. Again, won't give too much away. Will she live? Will she die? All right, she lives. Uh, <laughs> to get yeah. to give it away too Have much. Have I got notes about her in season four? Probably. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, We'd have given yeah, that yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, we have really given that away anyway. Uh, but again, this this was wonderful little uh, battle between the pair of them. Again, it, just in in fitting with Bobby and with the the, the proto molecule soldier itself, which I thought was just fantastic. They find May, um, which again is has been a massive. Again, from going the end of season two to this point, it's like, my God, this is it. we've been searching for May this entire time. It's, mm. it's taken a very long time. It didn't always necessarily feel as though that was where we were leading. Yes. No, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I had notes on that from 
I was when I came back to try and watch season three in the first place, I realised I had no fucking idea where we were because I couldn't remember where we'd ended. Mm. And like you say, we'd started at the middle of season two trying to find Praxis' daughter May, but then we divert off and we do the hybrid thing. And then the end of season two is them getting rid of the hybrid that they're immediately dealing with. Yeah. And then we course correct back onto the main arc of the book, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it did jar for me a little bit when I started, which is why I had to go and watch a couple of recaps or something for season two to go, oh yeah, this is where, we're, yeah, right. And then we're over here, but now we're going to go back, fine. And then I was okay to come back into it again. So that, that deviation did confuse me a little. Yeah. But very quickly in season three, as long as you remember where you were, it pushes it on and, and you know goes forward from there really so yeah. there wasn't a problem so yeah uh, and as this is all going on they're, they're, they're finally getting closer and closer to May at the same time there's shit kicking off above them in the system because you've now got earth ships firing on each other because mm -hmm. there's mutinies and, and whatnot Coitair is stuck on the Agatha King which is in the middle of this whole battle zone as well. There's a beautiful, wonderful scene with him. Again, I'm not going to dwell too much on that because yeah. I want people to watch this stuff because it's great. I, on that, I will say that I made sure the description for the first part, mm -hmm. you know, you read through it and then it's like, stop reading this, go and watch Expanse, season yeah. one to four, and yeah. then come back. There you go. That's all I have tried. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, so all that, this is going on as well. Uh, Mars is obviously still up in the system as well, watching this whole display go on and they're watching, you know, earth ships blowing the shit out of each other, then suddenly a bunch of rockets suddenly appear, uh, you know, the the hybrids have been launched towards Mars and this, that. So there's all this shit kicking off all at the same time. Now obviously that situation resolves itself. How? You'll have to watch to find out. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time we've got the reunion of Prax and May, which uh, granted is going to spoil a big chunk of that, but uh, coming, you know, it was going, it was going to happen. But it also leads to the crux of a great friendship between Prax and Amos, yeah. which is touched on very much so more in season three than it had in, in the latter stages of season two. Yeah. That great friendship between the two of them that Amos will not let Prax go down the wrong path. Yeah, I've got that here. Amos scene, episode five. He stops pa uh, Prax shooting, not really DB Strickland. So this Strickland, time yeah, it is Dr. Strickland. Is Strickland? Yeah, oh, it is Dr. Strickland. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Strickland, sorry, yes. Yeah, stops him shooting Dr. Strickland, says, you're not that guy, leads him out of the room, and then turns and shuts the door, and Strickland is like, oh, thank you, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and then he's like, I am that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fucking brilliant. brilliant. I love that man. Yeah. Um, but like you say, that's, that's the real, you know, the brute character, the traditional two-dimensional brute character yeah. would just have gone, yeah, you get out, I'm going to kill him. Or, you know, just, oh, give me the gun, I'll kill him. Yeah, yeah. You know, because when the guy's... But it, Amos is deeper than that. He's got more layers to him, so he's like, "No, you're my friend. I don't. I'm already down this path. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't want you to join yeah. me. Keep yourself away from it. I'll do the dirty work. It's okay." Yeah. And yeah, I love it. Absolutely love him. Um, I'll also say, just I've got another note. Yeah, yeah. I know we're coming to the the end of his bit. Aaron Wright, which I thought was his name. I thought his name was Aaron. Right. No. It's only in the last week or so that I've seen it written down. It's actually just Aaron Wright right. together. Yeah, yeah, so his yeah. name's like Savitar, I want to say, or something Savitar like that. Savitar Aaron Wright. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but at this point, he's my Joffrey. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see that man dead. Yeah. Like, I haven't want to see anyone dead see, I've since not, Joffrey in I, Game of Thrones. I've not really touched on him because... Uh, it, it then makes makes me have to talk about Elizabeth Mitchell, who I really don't really much care for in this series. As much as it is an integral part of the show, an integral part of the plot, 
that things get revealed and leaked and rah 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 and she's at the front of it and so is him. It's just the, the, this one side of the series I couldn't give two shits about. Yeah, yeah. I love Erin Wright, the character, yeah. but yeah. like you say, there's, there's scenes of Elizabeth Mitchell came in, I tuned out a little bit, but yeah. um, you know, he'd been building and building and building over the first couple of seasons yeah. and you know, he's a shady character to start with, then he's an outright dick in the second season, then yeah. continues to build on that in the third season. Yeah. And that's like you saying, think so, there's a moment of redemption. But yeah, so, no. so, so, yeah, no, and that's no, it. No, that's no, why that. but like I said, by season three I was just like uh, he, he's Joshree. He just has to die. Yeah. Because I couldn't deal with anything else. This man has to die, and he has to die soon. Yeah. Um, but then as we get to the middle part then of, of this third season, Naomi makes the decision at the, this crux to abandon the, the Rossi. She, she needs to go back to the belt. Which is understandable. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are good reasons. Well, like we said, they were laying some seeds. Yeah. They laid some seeds towards the end of season two. Mm -hmm. And then they laid some seed, more seeds, and like you say, decisions that she made at the end of season two and around season three, and just starting to sort of split them and cause the fraction in the crew, wasn't it? Um, now, before you go on to explain what happens in that second half, I've got to be honest, I've got beef with that whole bit. Okay. So, I think it's episode five, and we finish the Prax story. Yeah. We come back for episode six, and I just feel like the gap's too big. I felt like I'd missed there is a, two episodes. There is, there is a period, yeah. Because it just finishes the Prax arc, yeah. and the next one starts, and Naomi's gone. Yeah. She's on another ship. Yeah. Prax and May are gone. Yeah. There's one line, I think. I think I've said... Amos talks about it. Not only have Prax and May gone, Draper's gone as uh, well. Bob, uh, Bobby. Bob, Bobby, but she does appear on video she's, screen with Alex. Admittedly, but yeah. she's not in the crew anymore. No, no, no. But she's just gone. Yeah. Naomi's gone. Yeah. Back in. Now, the be I had the biggest beef with. Why has Naomi's voice changed? Naomi uh, yeah. was coming out of her broken English, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then in one episode, yeah. suddenly she's back to totally broken English, talking like the rest but of the thing is, thing is, now as, as now, somebody, is, is there a time jump? That yes, was going to be there my question. A, there is, and actually, I don't think the TV show shows that. I think that episode needs to start with a six months later or it, something. It, this is this is it. Um, there, there are, in fact, within the actual scope of the the, the book series. The distance between here and here is not an episode's length. Mm. It is actually months. Yeah, yeah. There is a huge problem with trying to display a massive time period within the confines of a yeah. drama series like this. Yes, maybe they should have turned around and gone, okay, six months later. I think it's a given that this person is here, that person is there. A prolonged period of time has, has transpired. Now, as somebody who, and you've pointed this out to me in the past, when I call my mum, for example, I slip back into a, an yeah. old northern accent it's just that unconscious thing. She's back with her people. She's slipping back into that. That's how I foresee it because yeah, she's just. I get that. Yeah. I just feel that I should have had a pass a month then. Sure. I don't because for us as viewers of the product, yeah. we finished one day yeah. and the next day we're starting in completely different surroundings. Now again, I get that. I assume we got a book break there. We're the end of one yes, book. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, next, that's the, the third yeah, book. Because um, there, there is actually a period of time where, uh, which we don't uh, and hasn't been covered at all, uh, which is when um, they actually journey back to Earth with Prax and May. Uh, and there's this, you know, Amos is just playful and stuff like that with May because you're like, of course, Amos is going to, you know, have, have fun with the kid. So there's actually a really cool couple of sequences where they go back to. So that would have filled that gap, and Naomi would have been off over here doing her thing, getting her accent back. Well, they're going back and forth again. Her leaving is slightly changed. The time frame for that is slightly changed as well. 
I understand where they needed to do it, but yeah, that whole six months later, but at the same time, I kind of, I'm one of these people that hates that crux of, here's a scene, six months later. Uh, oh, yeah, I hate it as a device. Know, yeah. Here's my point, if you put that in a mid-season, if you put that at the end of one season, we finish practice, yeah. and I come back for the first episode in the next season and everything's changed, yeah. you don't need to give me the passage of time. The problem here because is... Because there is yeah, a passage yeah, of time, yeah. and again, with a book, you don't need to say... We pick up our story two years later after the last yeah. book because there is a natural gap between the books being written. But then when you go from... You accept a passage of time in that point. But yeah. because we were in the middle of a season, yeah. it just it just jars me. That's whereas it whereas it's less jarring from end of season three, beginning of season four. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, there I is a time... That, yeah. yeah, time has passed. A good bit of time. Yeah. But we don't need to know yeah. because we, that we've had that gap between the seasons that sort of naturally creates that in our head. Um, but yeah, I mean, but again, that's the best I can do. Yeah, 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 that's, <laughs> that's right. That's I it. keep thinking that's about this stuff. Going, yeah, exactly. That's right, I can do with that. I keep um, looking at this going, <laughs> we, we're being too, you know, there's got to be some criticisms here. And I'm just like, nah, I can't really find well, it. Actually. We, we criticised Elizabeth Mitchell and that, and that whole that's nonsense. That's so, true. you know, there's some criticism. Um, so as, as season three had progressed as well, we also got from the hybrid kids that were being transformed, we got this sense that something was being built. Mm. And then finally that suddenly appears and... I mean, Amos delivers the line better than me. At the very end of that, is it episode five, where he's just so. like, he suddenly appears on the video screen. He's like making all these kids some like cereal and stuff, and he's just like, the fuck is that? And you see this huge honking great thing, which turns out to be a ring gate, yeah. uh, which yeah, then becomes the second part. Because we've been tracking the ship, haven't we? Yeah, we've at been tracking. At little points, yeah. we're going back and we're seeing this big ship that came out of Venus. Yeah that's some sort of weird spaceship yeah. and it's just going through the solar system yeah. and we don't know where it's going or what it's doing. It's not doing anything really, is it? It's just sort of floating along until it turns itself, it turns into, itself yeah. into the ring gate. Yeah. Well, and then we get a whole thing as to why that's activated. And again. then we're back round to Stargate. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I saw it and I was like, well, shit, that, 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 that seems reminiscent no, of something. Man. Um, <laughs> no, there's no fucking dialing sequences or any of that shit. No. Uh, I so, don't need the eighth <laughs> chevron to get there. Um, so now the, this this ring gate, which we eventually discern is, is what it is. Now, Naomi has now left the Rossi and she's now on the Nauvoo, yep. uh, which will later become which, Medina Station. Medina, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so she's now effectively the chief of operations, where Drummer is now kind of in charge of everything. Mm -hmm. We get the introduction of Ashford. Oh, I love that. Yeah, fantastic guy. Again, bit of a gruff guy. Badly scarred, like clearly gone through some shit as a belter. He's he's a veteran. He's yeah. he's not necessarily going to go in line with everybody else's idea as to. What I think they do a really good job of that. I've got a note, and it's in season four, but I think it's relevant in this bit because, like sure. I say, this is an introduction. But I think right from the start, they always make him seem suspicious. Mm -hmm. The whole way through with his character, I was like, "Are you the bad guy?" Like there's a an arc with a pirate in the yeah. in season four. And it's only a subplot, really, but I, for most of that, I was like, I think it's you. I think Ashford is the pirate, and he's doing all this to break the OPA up, mm. because he doesn't agree with it, or he's not getting the command of power Ooh, he wants. Wait until but, you get to find out exactly. more about that person. And yeah. he's... But the, the character never goes that way. No. He is always the good guy. And there are, well, I mean, we have issues oh, right, with he's him got shades of grey. Yeah, yeah, he's got yeah, shades of grey, but yeah. he is not... He's never. I don't. I can't think of a situation where he's the one who's made the wrong decision or the bad decision or has been the dickhead mm. that everyone thinks he's going to be. Because mm -hmm. even with the politics on Medina that come into it and the sort of power struggle between Drummer and him, and you think he's the one instigating it, and actually it turns out that he doesn't want the power struggle. Mm. He's quite happy where he is. 
he just wants his voice to be heard and to be able to have a discourse with the captain about an issue. Yeah. Um, and for that voice to be heard. He doesn't want the position of power necessarily and he's not going for it. But it's his subordinates or the people that follow him who think he should be. Mm. So they're the ones pushing to try and get him into command. But it, it creates a really interesting dynamic yeah. on that ship. So we've now got, at this point, we've got a little convoy of ships which are heading towards the ring gate. One of those ships is the Rossi because mm. they've been hired uh, by some agency to, you know, some news agency or whatever to go to to the ring and, and be their guide so to speak so they're on the way they're being interviewed and everything like that again we see alex talking to bobby so again we get a little throwaway that bobby is now back with the martian marines she's she's back doing that kind of side of things um we don't really see much of abasarala at this point uh for, for this half of the season and i understand why because her part has been utilized mm -hmm. uh in the early part of the season i'm glad she comes back in the next season because if she didn't i would Scream blue bloody murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so we've now got this convoy of ships going towards uh, the, the the gate. But at the same time, we've got who we don't realise at the time who she is. Uh, we've got a character called Melba, mm -hmm. who turns out to be Clarissa Mao, Julie Mao's sister. Yes. And Jules Pierre Mao's eldest daughter. Yes. Now she's got a bit of a, a hard on for for James Holden, Just basically because uh, she blames him for the destruction of her family, etc., etc. Not necessarily entirely unjustified, no, but, but I do think she should be looking at her father. But yes, exactly, and that's it. So she becomes part of this whole thing and goes through a conspiracy to basically pin the blame on Holden for a number of, of problems, which forces them to go through the ring gate a little bit earlier than they would have anticipated, which now we're suddenly in this huge globe of space which nobody really understands. It's this purple space. Yeah, it's just like it's a, a not space sphere of nothingness, yeah. isn't it, with a... A sort Central of point core in the middle. Yeah. At it. Yeah. Um, but what is the biggest point of this? After before all this even kicks off, we get the return of a very, very amazing, and wonderful character in Miller. Yes. Which now, as somebody who'd read the books, knew knew that this was coming. I the first time I watched the episode that he he returns, I did shout out loud. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was. I was very happy at the return of Miller. You popped. I popped. Say. Yeah, I popped uh, because I love the character and I, uh, I think he's he, Thomas Jane is great in in this role as well. So again, we get a return of Miller, who begins to explain to Holden what this zone is, what this planet Does is. He? Well, he. I don't he, think a lot of the explaining comes till sort of season no, four. No, 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 no. <laughs> but he, he, be, he basically emphasises that we need to go there. That. That this is somewhere we need to go. You need to help me turn a switch on yeah. so that I can figure. Yeah, it's out. all a bit broken and garbled to start with, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, when because... he's talking to him, it's almost fragments of sentences that he's yes. trying to put together, and he doesn't really understand it. No, it's emphasised a little bit more in the book, and it, they try to do it on screen, but it doesn't necessarily do it justice. Uh, essentially, what it is is that every time he's trying to reach out to Holden, he's getting destroyed and being rebuilt and then destroyed and rebuilt. So every time he's going through this cycle that he's reaching out, trying to find something and getting destroyed, reaching out, trying to find something, getting destroyed. So he keeps being recreated to the point where that's why he keeps getting annoyed by the voices and things like that. Because yeah, because he's got in his head the... Everybody that survived, well, I say everybody that was essentially absorbed by the proto-molecule. Mm. So yeah, there's a whole thing there. Mm. But again, it's going into this slow zone. Again, we, we touched on the, the, the Gs and, and the Force yeah. and things like that. A bigger issue happens there that all ships are now stuck. Yeah, and, and going back to that, after obviously we listened to uh, the first part again not so long ago, but mm. um, 
yes, I get what you're saying, and yes, you're right. The 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 doom and gloom and the this is a death sentence was in that zone. Yeah, and that's why it was a death sentence because at that point they didn't know how to get out of the place they were in. Because again, when it's really happening is a bit further on where they're being dragged into the orbit of mm -hmm. the thing in the middle, so they can't move anywhere. So the ships are just being slowly dragged towards a central point and they have no ability to move anywhere and get out of the pull of this thing in the middle. So yes, that that is why they use the light. You know, they treat it as a death sentence in that scenario because there's no possibility of escape from the situation, which means there's no possibility of gravity. So I do, I, I do get that. I think, yes. you know, I concede. I concede the point on that's, that. One. That's a rarity. Um, <laughs> um, but um, so we've also got uh, obviously the power struggle on on the Naboo because of everything that's going on. Drama gets injured, uh, you know, saves Ashford's life, mm. but kind of at the expense of injuring that, herself. Is that you know, the bit where they're both crushed, yeah, against, crushed it. against it? I loved that. Yeah, it's really it's a great interplay between Such two characters just stuck in the Because again, that's the bit where you're like, oh, he's going to use this opportunity to kill her off finally, so mm. that he can, get, and he does every fucking thing in his power. To make sure that he's the one that dies, yeah. so that she can survive, yeah. and it's oh, it's those bits in the characters you're like you've tripped me up so much because you've painted him as this guy, yeah. and actually he's that guy, and he's been that guy all along. Yeah. So, so good. we get Naomi uh, beginning to realise that the Rossi is her home, the Rossi is her family, and that she's made a mistake. Yeah. Um, Holden eventually gets arrested because of certain circumstances. And, and they, they finally meet up together and they have to emphasise that we can't just destroy the ring gate, which is what Ashford at this point wants to do. He sees it as the only way to save humanity by destroying the ring gate that he will just you know, save everybody else. And Clarissa Mal, Melba suddenly becomes an integral part of that, having attempted to kill Holden and been stopped by Elizabeth Mitchell and mm. people, but we won't go there. Um, she becomes a little bit more integral to that point and gets a bit of a relationship beginning to build mm -hmm. with Amos as well, which becomes a lot, lot more prevalent uh, a lot further on. Eventually, we get the opening of the gates, mm -hmm. and it's then Holden's... It's that, that Again, we touched on the, the sci-fi and the, um, the special effects. It's that shot where the, every single gate opens and you yeah. just see spots opening up everywhere, and you suddenly see a thousand gateways with a thousand different star systems. It was all the stuff as well when they're going, because he has to, Holden has to go out of the Rossi down to the core yeah. that's pulling them in and then the Martians come down to that core as well to try and stop him, don't mm. they? And that's how Bobby, he ends up with Bobby again. But that that whole bit looked incredible. Mm -hmm. And again, they're, they're floating in space to mm -hmm. come down to the thing and then inside that planet, the set, I guess it must have been, mm. I don't think it was all CG. It looked too good to be CG. Yeah. Entire, like the entire set CG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like episode two, wouldn't it? So it must have been a real set and it looked fantastic. It, it looked really good. So that's pretty much runs into season three. Again, without revealing everything that happens because everybody watch it. Yes, go and watch it. Uh, so yes, yeah, the end of season three, we've got the one ring gate, we've gone into there to this big sphere, and then within the big sphere, loads of other gates have popped up, leading to God knows where. Yeah. Um, and this is very important now because this is where I thought, shit, this is it, this is the end, we're never going to get an expanse again, and then greatly, 
greatly. Jeff Bezos came back and saved it. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Thinking about it, if I'd have watched season three when it was actually out and then had it cancelled underneath me, I'd have been like, no, yeah, no, yeah. Now you know you how need I to felt. tell yeah. me what's here. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I'd just gone and read the books. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Which I like, probably should do anyway. Yeah, honestly, I've got them all. They're, they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So we've now got. Rolling into season four. Now we've got a slightly changed uh, way that the style has, has slightly changed a little bit. Slightly, yeah. Um, I don't think it. I, I, not dramatically. No, I don't think I dramatically noticed it. But no. like you said, there's just a couple of bits where I was like, oh, I see. Yeah, and it's just the way they do things, isn't it? It's just, I guess it's a different production schedule or something. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we've now got, okay, so we've now got the ring gates are open and um, Illus becomes the, the focal point for this series. Uh, a planet. Which is through one of the ring gates, and, and this is a, you know going to become the focal point from from now on for the rest of the series. Excuse me. Uh, so the royal seat is at this moment in time at Earth, which is great because it didn't happen at the end of well the middle part of season three because I know that there is a, a little bit of a, a situation there where they do go back to Earth mm. and Holden does go down and see his family. So it's great to see that here. Yeah. The fact that Naomi can't because again as it becomes a little bit noticeable later. She doesn't really. She can't really deal with the gravitational weight. So she, she at this moment in time. Can't. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, Holden sort of says like, you know, has invited her to come and meet his mum, hasn't he? And and she can't because he doesn't want to put her through the chemical process yeah. that that is painful and nasty to so that she can cope with the gravity. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Alex again. I think he's in communication with Bobby, who's now back on Mars. Uh, we've got Amos, who's now built up a rapport with Melba, or Clarissa Mal, uh, or Peaches, as he calls her. Yes. Now, again, there is a little bit more to that relationship um, than, than is actually revealed in the TV mm. series. It is in the books that the journey back after kind of dealing with the Ringe here and then going back to Earth, they effectively take her as their prisoner back to Earth. But she builds a relationship with Amos because she feels bad for everything that's happened, and so they actually build this great relationship, which may or may not, in future seasons, nice. become become prevalent as well, mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, so we've now got Naomi, who is now accepting that she wants to do the bone density stuff because they get a mission to go to Illus, which yes. is exactly what Miller has been pestering Holden about. Miller at this point is still around, yes. which again is brilliant because. Uh, you know, and is it at this point where he's, he's clearer? Yes. And he explains that he's clearer because they've opened the gates. They've opened the gates, and there's less stuff stopping him. He's, he's having to go through less walls to get to it. Exactly. Um, so we've now got um, Avasarala and the politics of Earth. She basically commissions Holden to go to Illus because some shit has kicked off there. Mm -hmm. Great. Holden's really excited finally because Miller has not stopped pestering him because he's the only one that can see and hear him. He's driving him a little bit crazy. Um, now, we've got Mars, which is beginning to fail and is no longer pulling itself together, as we kind of see from Bobby's perspective. Yeah. Now that the ring gates are out there, why does anybody want to spend the time and effort terraforming Mars when there are plenty of planets out there which already have atmospheres and which already have plant life, etc., etc., etc.? So Mars is slowly but surely winding down. Yeah, or they feel like it's dying, don't yeah. they? Because, yeah, people are going, well, I'm not going to bother anymore. Then the, the, Mars was the new frontier, mm -hmm. and the belt was then the new frontier, but no one really wanted to go to the belt because you've got no gravity and it's a bit nasty mm -hmm. and you're living on ships and stuff. So we want a planet sort of thing. 
and then yeah, there's 1,500 other potential Marses out there, so yeah. everyone's like, oh, well, fuck you, Mars, you're dickheads, we're going to go and have one of these other ones. Yeah. Then. And this is where the power struggle begins, because everybody suddenly wants to go to these new worlds, even though they haven't been investigated. It's like, well, is it safe? And Illus is the prime example of this. Now we've got a bunch of uh, former Belters, I think, and, and, and whatnot, who have made landfall and have basically turned this into their home. Now, a corporation arrives, which is run by, well, say that this particular faction is run by Murtry, or our good Burn friend, Gorman. Mr. Burn Gorman. Hopefully we can have a wonderful picture just out back up here, because it is fantastic, I have seen it now. Um, <laughs> um, so, uh, Murtry arrives on Illus, there's sabotage there, so why else would James Holden be sent there in the first place? Yes. Yeah. Danger, there's a problem. Let's send, let's send James Holden. Holden. Yeah. yeah, why not? Um, so we've now got, this is a new planet with new dangers, so... Before, they, before anything even kicks off, literally the moment that they arrive. Now, Naomi is going through the bone density drug treatment, which is clearly very fucking painful, and Dominique Tipper, to her credit, does this so well. That, yeah, that, she does. that view of being in absolute pain and having a reason behind it is just yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I, I, yeah she does some great, some great acting in this series to yeah. convey the... And uh, convey the emotions of a person who's trying to hide something that's yes. destroying her from the person she loves because she wants to do it for the person that she loves. Yes. But it's it's it is ruining her at the same time. And how do how do you cope with that? And I feel that most of that comes across through her facials, yeah. and and through her body language. Like there's very little dialogue that explains any of that to you, but you take it away in every scene that she's in. Yeah, she has a conversation with Alex, basically saying don't. Yeah, that's it. I think that's the only time she actually references it to anyone. And other than that, it's just you're watching the way she's reacting to stuff. Yeah. Um, so we've got Miller basically, as soon as they arrive at the planet, or they go through the gate, Miller up and disappears because he's over the other side of the gate, and basically just starts switching shit on on the planet, mm. which does not really go well for the rest of them. We have these bugs which suddenly appear out of nowhere and swarm them, and as soon as these bugs attack, they suddenly all begin to pass out. Mm. Um, then we get, um, you know, lightning, which is suddenly being struck all over the planet, which is causing problems, again, because he's turned the bloody machine on. So Miller, for all his credit, he's trying to figure stuff out. He's giving them no end of grief. Yeah, yeah. He's um, causing them shitloads of problems. Yeah, um, he causes an explosion on the other side of the planet. Um, it's like, okay, um, it's about to destroy this entire settlement that's been here for a good while, and there's a bit of a power struggle between you guys and you guys anyway. Doesn't really matter, because the whole thing's going to be fucking destroyed. Yeah. Um, it's kind of what it is, isn't it? Because you've got the, the Belters who have landed on this planet and, and sort of colonised it for themselves and yeah. started to live there. Then what's the name of the team that come Murtry's team? I can't. They have a. They do have, they have a, a name. Oh, they they I can't do, remember what it is. They do. I should have made no. But oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's no, fine. No. I wrote down Tom and Baratheon instead of the acting. <laughs> so it's not a problem. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then that faction comes down and they're like, no, we want to take over this planet because this is the contract we've been. Yeah, given, we've been it? given a contract for this planet. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. own it. Like anyone owns space. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, yeah. again. This still is prevalent in the modern day, you know, no one owns space, it's, yeah. but you damn sure the Yanks will try and take it, or the Chinese will try and take Mars if they get there first, you mm -hmm. know? You know it's going to happen. Um, and it's the, 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 the power struggle between those two, and then like you say, the Rossi comes into this and just starts fucking everyone over, mm -hmm. uh, un, unbeknownst to them, because as you say, they're, they're just like, yeah, well let's do this and we're here to do this mission. 
what the hell's going on over there? Oh, Miller may have, Miller may have done something. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm turning up to be the mediator, and I'm taking charge, and I'm saying, you're not in charge, and you're not in charge. Effectively, I'm in charge, yeah. except for my invisible friend in my head is turning on the planet, and, yeah, and we're all going to die. Yeah, he's causing uh, shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as a result of this, they end up having to take refuge inside uh, a structure, which has clearly been there for millions of years, yes. showing the civilization of the proto-molecule people that was about long, long, long ago, and they're not there. Literally every essence of the proto-molecule civilization is dead. Whatever the hell was there has killed every aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, and this is what freaks Miller out, because he's trying to turn things on for answers. Um, they end up taking refuge inside this alien structure. We then get the bugs reappearing. Mm -hmm. Everybody's suddenly going blind because of what's actually within the water. Um, uh, all the rain that is dropping everywhere, basically everything within the, the system, is basically causing them to go yeah. blind. All except one person. Good old James Harden. Yeah, James Harden. Yeah, of course it's James Harden. Um, now, obviously, we don't find out a little bit later until uh, why. But, but again, that's, that's, that's again where I think the book... Sorry to cut you off there, but sure. the, 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 where it, this show is so good because it is based on a book. Mm -hmm. Any other show would have introduced that because they're like, right, we need everyone to be blind, but he's the only one that survives. And they wouldn't have fucking bothered probably explaining why he was the only one that survived it just because he's Holden. Whereas going into this, they knew damn well yeah. what was going on. Because the crux to it... They show us in the first episode of season four, just Precisely. to remind us, just put it just back to in remind your head. you, back in your head, just to remind you. Don't forget you. that, will you? Yes. And then, yeah, it becomes relevant towards the end of the season. You're like, oh yeah, because you know what you're fucking doing because it's already there for you. Yeah. And I just, it, it's what makes it such a great show. I would like to pull back before we go to no, the no, no, big bit. That's fine. There's, There's a, a couple of other bits that we in haven't talked about. Where three. Else. Sure. Uh, the scene with, because Moultrie and Amos do not get on. No. They are not friends. No. And I like Bern Gorman trying to be a hard man. And I mean, he scared the shit out of me, I'll be honest, in a totally different way to the way Amos scares mm. the shit out of me. Because um, he's actually, but, as, as fucked up as it is, he's got valid points to many of the things that he's saying. Yeah, yeah. But it's the, 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 they sort of have that one killer to another scene in the bar. Um, on on Illus or New Terror, where they're talking about it, and the tension mm -hmm. is brilliant, and the mm -hmm. dialogue between them is incredible, and then the tone just changes. The tone just changes entirely because Moultrie's like, "I think you and I are going to end up bloody." Uh, yeah, I think you and I are going to end up bloody, and Amos says, "How about now? <laughs> Free <laughs> yeah. right now?" Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they're like, "No, no, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you, oh." They're just so good, and the, yeah, the tension in that sequence mm. I thought was fantastic. Mm. And again, it's just another example. This is why Amos is my favourite character, because there's so much to him. Mm. He, you can't put him in any box mm. to say that this is what he is. This is the archetype he represents, because I just don't think he fits perfectly into any category. No, because they made him such an interesting character. And he, he, he was his section of this, so as... Everybody's beginning to lose sight. Uh, they're, they're, they're within this environment, this trapped environment. That everybody's beginning to lose their sight. He is one of the people which freaks out more than anything else. He is literally panic-ridden because without his sight, he does not feel like he can be uh, helpful to hold him. He feels like he'd become a burden. Mm. And you see this massive depression suddenly hit him. So again, we've got the ups and the downs of Amos, yeah. uh, but, which is just fantastic. 
At the same time as all this is going on now, Naomi realising she can't be on the planet and Alex finally admitting that Naomi shouldn't be on the planet, Alex and Naomi are now in space trying to save one of the ships which effectively is, is you know, losing fuel because of all the shit that Miller's been doing. But at the same time as everything here is going on, which we'll come back to because that, you know, kind of is the crux of the majority of the series, let's just quickly jump back to what's been going on in the rest of the system. So we've got Abbasarala, who on Earth is effectively in the throes of an election. Mm -hmm. uh, and we get the introduction of the replacement husband. We won't say any more of him because he was shit. Yeah, I think we discussed last we series discussed, that we don't like. We don't, we don't like the, the, that we changed him. Abbasarala is great, but she doesn't seem to have as good of a foil to go against. The, the, the other individual who she's pitted against in, in terms of the election is very good for her to bounce against. But in terms of other individuals, no. It's it's. She had Cortair before. She had Bobby Draper before. Uh, you know, she had Erin Wright before. She's had, and in this, she doesn't really have anybody. Still know. great to see her. Still great to see her swearing like a champ, uh, as, as as she should do. Um, yeah, so, I've got my only criticism of season four is the Earth politics. I could have done without that entire storyline because essentially it's a re-election storyline. Mm. Now, yes, in the process of the re-election storyline, they start to uncover a conspiracy, yeah. which I'll let you cover in a second. But it's essentially just a, a re-election storyline. It is. And but I could have, I could have lived without that entire thing. But then there'd have been no Avasarala, and I like her too much. But I've, I've written here. But she is. She was, is the only one I cared about in that storyline. Yeah. Because the, um, we've gotten rid of her foil, Erin yeah. Wright. Yeah. The new foil, she's alright, but she's the goody-two-shoes person who's coming in to clean up all the corruption. Mm -hmm. And that's her, her pitch for it. So there's no... It paints Absarala as the bad guy then. And I don't want to see Absarala as the bad guy. No, and I think this is the... It's important to note within this, like, as Absarala herself says, at no point does she want to become president mm. of, uh, you know, the... the of Earth or anything like that. She was always the backseat person. She was always in the shadows. She was always the puppet master, I saw. Yeah, her. exactly. And she needs to return to that role. Instead of being forefront and centre, mm -hmm. she needs to do that. But at the same time, the importance of that storyline was to emphasise don't be suddenly jumping through every gate to try and take yes. on these plans. Can we fucking control this and take this one at a time? Can we assess whether it's safe and secure? Mm -hmm. She knows this by sending harmless. She knows more than anybody else what the effects of Proto Molecule is. So there's that whole thing with her re-election, which is fantastic. Um, as we obviously going on, Bobby is on Mars, not having the best of times. She's come back. She's she's been pretty much shunned from being a marine now because of the actions that she's taken. Because she's defended Holden, she's now seen as a bit of a traitor. She kind of rubs in with the wrong crowd, um, mm -hmm. trying to defend her nephew to begin with, and then eventually becomes a cohort within this whole underground movement basically trying to steal supplies, sell them, to make a bit of a profit, mm. which begins to show the seedy underbelly that Mars is, is pretty much done. But that's also uncovering a huge conspiracy, A, within the Martian government, within the Martian military, but also outside of that, with the belt as well. Mm. Um, Bobby, by the end of this season, finally acknowledges the fact that there's shit going on, she can't do everything about it. Who does she contact? The person who she always thinks he can rely on is Abrasarala. And Abrasarala's comment is just like, Oh, Bobby, you could not have picked a worse fucking time. Yeah. Uh, which is just brilliant. Just watching those two interplay, hopefully, in the next season will be, will be great. Yeah. We've also got another sub story. Because, yeah, isn't it? Sorry. Uh, right at the beginning, uh, Abrasarala offers Bobby. Does it? She right she at the beginning does, yeah. of season four, and I was like, Yay! And then she says that, and I was like, Oh, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on! Yeah. 
They're giving me a. Aww. Yeah. But by the end of that series, she's like, <laughs> exactly. No, 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 I'm so then when she does yeah, accept, yeah. I'm like, yes, yes. And like you say, I'm now excited to see where we're going next season then with that little thread. Uh, we've also got, as you mentioned as well, we've got Ashford who's dealing with a bunch of uh, OPAs, kind of splintering off, attacking various colony ships and things like that who were heading towards the gate to try and get out of the system, to try and colonise. And these are the pirates that they've been looking yeah. for for most of the season in the and background. That's a, yeah, they're like, it? okay, and we suddenly get a name, Marco and Arius. Yeah. Who, now again, you won't know, but as soon as certain people mention the name, as soon as Ashford hears that name, he suddenly peeks up because he knows that this is an important person within Naomi Nagata's history. Right. This individual is the former lover that she left behind. With the son? With the son that she could no longer see. Right. So we've heard various sections of this, I think through the first series. She turns around to Fred Johnson, she's like, I'm going to do this for you, but at some time I'm going to give you a name and I want you to help me find that person. And that's a little bit later revealed in this that she gives him a name and it's her son's name. Turns out that uh, Marco and um, Philippe, his son, Naomi's son, are part of this whole piracy thing. Now, we'll touch on that as I think the last point because that's the, that's the crux for, for season four. We'll touch on that last, but they've got a plan in motion. Sadly, it does end with the death of Ashford, which I'm sure both you and I were absolutely gutted about. I Justified in the storyline because of the fact that where he is and things like that. Yeah, you're going to say that's right. A little bit now, yeah, yeah, yeah. reminded me that I've <laughs> got no more action. Um, yeah, so Ashford's now dead. Sorry, we're ruining it a little bit there. Um, but at the same time, it plays well into into, into the story that it is. Yeah, no, he might come back as a false ghost, <laughs> like Miller. Um, so, sadly, yeah, you, you, you don't have yourself. Yeah, yeah, go on, I've, right. I've recovered from that. <clears throat> okay, right, so, uh, <laughs> so Miller is finally pushing Holden towards going for investigating this dead spot that he's found, um, which basically killed the proto molecule mm. itself. Well, that's a big thing. What the fuck can kill the proto molecule given all the crazy stuff that it's done? Yeah. We get to see Miller become a machine. Uh, again, some wonderful oh, the CGI. The book where he's got the spider leg yeah, thing. Yeah, and he's yeah. got the yeah, that was cool. The, the, again, that in, was really in cool. the book, it's a little bit more played because there's a longer journey, and basically Holden kind of rides up on him and <laughs> ends up kind of falling asleep in him as he's running. Oh. So it's this cool little thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's cool. Um, finally, Miller, um, God bless him. Finally, finally disappears and dies or you know who is it because it's a girl who puts him in in the end isn't it yeah it's holden the, gets pulled away from him yeah it's the doctor that's Murtry, isn't it because yeah. Murtry's coming after him yeah uh, so there's a doctor who's been kind of She's figuring things character. out and she, yeah. uh, and stuff like that again uh, a little bit of a difference to the character that she is portrayed from in the book uh, she develops quite a bit of a crush on on Holden throughout. Ah, her. right. I uh, see. But they kind of so that's why she kind of followed him into the yes. zones. That yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they, they kind of do that. Now, um, eventually, you know, this this basically kills whatever the hell is pro causing the problems on the planet. The planet basically stops self destructing, mm -hmm. as as we might say, and everybody kind of comes out, and and you know, everything's kind of back to where it is. Uh, they take Murtry prisoner. And, uh, and he, he gets locked in a room with, with Amos, and well, we won't say any more on that because everybody's imagination. Because at this that, point, Amos has been shot by him, hasn't he? He's been shot Sh by Amos him. Amos shoots his uh, no, he shoots Amos's fingers, doesn't he? Like when he's holding the gun, because that that sequence towards the end of that bit, I was just biting my nails the whole time because I was like, if you kill Amos, <laughs> like seriously, if you kill Amos, I am going to fucking 
write a very strongly worded letter yeah. to Jeff Bezos and tell him to bring back Amos. Okay. But thankfully, thankfully, that maybe didn't happen. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Miller, <laughs> Miller, Miller is effectively gone now. Yeah. Everything's calmed itself down to a degree. Mm -hmm. They acknowledge that there's still a lot of shit that they don't know. Uh, but, you know, the Rossies as a crew, the family's reunited, mm -hmm. which is... Which is important, which yeah, is, yeah, you know, very, very important. So that's where we leave the Rossi crew. Now, before we finish, what are we going to sign up for in, in season four? Well, what are we left with? We're left with the revelation. Season five. Season five. My apologies, sorry, season okay. five. Um, we're now left with the revelation that Marco Anarius, who is a very, very bad man, is all I can emphasize, he's a very, very bad man. Yes. Very, very bad man has now taken it upon himself, having taken supply of some stealth technology, which is where Bobby was getting involved in yes. with the whole Mars conspiracy. He's now got Mars stealth technology. That's right. And Bobby... he laces up some asteroids. That's right. With the intent of sending them towards Earth. Yes. That is where we leave season four. Because Bobby is uncovering the criminal thing with the girl. And... Uh... The bald-headed fella, yeah, who's the head of the like the head gangster. Yeah, he's a police with. officer and stuff. He is, he's one of those faces. Oh yeah, know, oh yeah, he's he's been in like, so again, many I'm things. I'm sure he's one of Jack Bauer's um, nemesis higher ups or something, or like something yeah, that yeah, turns yeah. out to be a baddie in one season of Twenty Four or something. Yeah, he's always a duplicitous bastard. Thank you. Yeah, good word, duplicitous. What oh, a lovely yeah, word. Uh, and yeah, that's how, that's how it's so how. Do you feel now that you've got to that point in the expanse? I adore it. I really do. I, the only other note that I haven't said so far is sad to see Miller go, maybe. Because maybe I've seen him go, maybe I haven't. I don't know. Because the proto-molecule brought sure. him back once in that sort of force ghosty type state. Mm -hmm. So maybe they can do it again if they want to. Obviously, I don't know whether they do or don't. I don't want to say yes no, or no. I don't think we should. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely on board. And like I say, I'd... It's funny, isn't it? Because I'm I'm sitting here saying, you know, this show is so good because it knows where it's going because of the books and it can pay off what it sets up because it puts them all in perspective and stuff. And then you go, well, 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 well why didn't Game of Thrones work then? Mm -hmm. Why why is The Walking Dead shit? And I mean, Walking Dead is a, you know, that that one we could deconstruct. I think we'll get around to series that we exactly wanted to where like, it but, could have yeah, gone yeah. and where it would have gone. Season one, fantastic. Yeah, After because that, gets he shit. took the because Darabont went right. Well, I want to do the beginning bit, but then I'm going to deviate off actually because I don't want to just be hitting this point and that point and this point and that point from the comics. Mm -hmm. But I love the world you've created, so I'm going to go and play in the world with the characters, and that that was great. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, once you've done that and you deviated, and then the second showrunner kept deviating, then the third showrunner is a talentless prick. So I was like, oh well, all I know how to do is just hit the beats of the comic book. So I'm going to go back to the comic book. But then the problem is you've because you deviated, you either kill characters off, characters haven't got as big a role as they should have, don't exist at this point in the story yet, and then you're going back to the comic book and you're trying to tie up all those beats. But then when this thing happens, I'm not going to care. Because it should be that character that's involved in it, and you ruined that character and killed her off three seasons earlier, so why the fuck do I give a shit now? And that, ah, anyway. I'm not going to rant about Walking Dead. I'm really, really not. You, and I'm you, not allowed to bash the desk. Two, you just did a two-minute rant, so that's, that's enough it's fine, now. It's fine. We'll get I'm, there one day. I'm not going to bash the desk. Um, <laughs> I'm, <not allowed> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to sit on my hands. No, I love it, man. And um, I assume they're doing Series 5, you said? Yeah. So, 
that'd be good. I really look forward to that. Now, as as I could be, I go. could be mistaken. As I understand it, it be it was picked up for season five before even season, season four was done. done. Yeah, so it, basically, I think. Jeff Bezos did a private show and went, I fucking love this. Keep <laughs> renewing it until the damn thing's done. Yeah. And as long as that happens, I will be ecstatic. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, as long as, yeah, keep making something that Bezos likes and hopefully we still like it. Well. That's the thing. It's not like the, you know, the quality of this show didn't deteriorate. It actually changed itself and adapted to those changes very, very well. Yeah. And I'm, oh, I mean, it's going to be, it shows you know, the, the, the love that everyone must have for it in that they were able oh, to yes. pick everything up from sci-fi, lock, stock, barrel characters, you know, cast members of the right apart from Avasarala's husband, which is a shame, but never mind. But, you know, the main core crew and everyone, they just picked it up and threw it on Amazon instead. And again, the sets are still look the same to me, so mm. I'd assume they took the same sets well, off that's it. sci-fi yeah, and just went, yep, we'll buy the set off you. Yeah. So we haven't got to rebuild it, and yeah, they haven't changed anything dramatically. See what I did think of though, right at the beginning. Um, I think it'd be halfway through season three actually. Mm. Is uh, on our CG thing, the animation and the way they show the slingshot racer, mm -hmm. like when he's doing his slingshots. The set for that is fucking cool because his seat is on runners mm -hmm. that runs from the front to the back of the ship really freely. I really liked that. I thought that was really clever for a thing that's in there for, what, 15 minutes? Again, you said about a passage of time. He actually emphasises that passage of time because we've You're got quite a right, because he does. He's and bearded. He with a well, well beard. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah I did. I did. Yeah, because we start at the beginning with him flicking around Jupiter or something. Yeah, yeah. And then he flicks himself off towards the ring gate, doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. he? And then, yeah, we pick him up at the ring gate. But yeah, that the the set for him there, the practical effects is fantastic. And then when he goes through, yeah, I was just about to say that went because yeah, that's that is the first time we know that there's a speed limit, essentially, yeah. isn't it? And but the way they do the blood and everything just flying out of him, but then freezing in space almost, it's oh, it was so cool, it looked yeah. really good. And they did it from two angles as well, didn't they? Because mm -hmm. we saw it from inside, and then he's like. A modern, like I suppose, a two hundred year in the future YouTuber. Yeah. So he's got a, a selfie cam at the front of the ship, recording what he's doing, and he's talking to the camera and posting to the media networks or whatever that exist. And yeah, it gets splatted right into his camera. But yeah, I thought that was that, that was a great sequence that I just wanted to point out. But yeah, I, I, I love the show. Um, yeah, it's one of those ones you you harped on about for a long time, mm -hmm. and I'm very glad I got into it in the end because yeah, it is right up my alley a really as i said in the first episode a really meaty sci-fi there's, there's so much to yeah. get your teeth into that's it with with themes and you know and plot and character and all the things that you want from a good tv show basically so thank you everybody for joining us on our voyage through the expanse indeed yes it has been a wonderful voyage we've seen many great things um now let me just go back to the little admin before we sign off just uh excuse me a second because i need those special new links I've created and can't remember what they are off the top of my head. Um, so we'll start by saying go to the YouTube channel which is bit.ly forward slash bite back yt that's bite uh, as a computer bite not a food bite. If you want to donate uh, go over there like it subscribe comment whatever we check it all it's all good stuff um, and you can go to the Patreon if you want to be more direct, and that is bit.ly forward slash bite back Patreon. Bit.ly forward slash bite back Patreon. With tiers at three, nine, and fifty dollars. Yes, that's yeah. absolutely bang on. Yeah. Um, all of those links, if you want a more direct place, is facebook.com forward slash the screenmasters. Uh, send us a message. Tell us what you think of the expanse. Do you like it? I, we had a little comment this week that there's a, a listener out there that's keen on it. Hi, Sarah. Um, thanks for the message. 
uh, we hope you enjoyed it. But yeah, go like, share, subscribe, blah, 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 blah. Tell your friends. Also, I would like to mention at this point that coming in uh, March will be probably to coincide with the release of Disney+. Plus. Um, we will be doing a YouTube-only uh, podcast, uh, essentially, on The Mandalorian. Um, and that will release around the 22nd of March uh, when Disney Plus launches in the UK to try and obviously capitalise on some of the uh, traffic that will be going around for that. So if you're interested in that, keep your eyes open on the YouTube channel. Again, go subscribe, hit notifications and all that. Um, we are going to start putting some... We've got a couple of ideas for the next time we record uh, to do some YouTube-specific content um, uh, based on various things. So just keep your eyes open, keep on our socials. Uh, keep on the YouTube channel and you'll get informed. Now, that's enough. I've had enough. I've, I've listened to the sound of my own voice for too long. Um, anything else to say? Good. I'm Bav. I'm Flav. And this was Screen Masters. <laughs>